bringing a piece of an asteroid home. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Dr. Dante Loretta, Professor of Planetary Science at the Lunar and Planetary Laboratory at the University of Arizona, Principal Investigator for the NASA OSIRIS-REx Asteroid Sample Return Mission. Welcome, Dr. Loretta. Thank you. It's great to be here. Give us a brief summary of your space and science background, if you will. Sure. My uh, science background is actually in meteorite science. Uh, meteorites are rocks that fall to the surface of the Earth from outer space, and they're mostly fragments of asteroids, but we also get chunks of Moon and chunks of Mars that land on Earth, so they're kind of free sample return missions. My particular interest is in a group of meteorites called chondritic meteorites, and these are the oldest materials from the formation of our solar system. So we're literally looking at dust and debris that was swirling around our proto-sun four and a half billion years ago, and it got swept up and lithified into an asteroid and pretty much has remained a scientific time capsule from that, that period. And these land on the Earth and they tell us the story of how our planetary system came to be. I've always been fascinated with the formation of the Earth why the origin of life occurred on this planet, why it's a habitable planet where evolution could proceed to produce us, and how likely is it for that process to have played out on other planets in our galaxy and across the universe. And when we study these chondritic meteorites, uh, very early on I got interested in a, a very rare type that's rich in carbon and water, and we think those hold essential clues to the origin of life, and we try to tease out the molecular evolution of organic material in the early solar system to see what happened on these asteroids that ultimately delivered the seeds of life to the surface of Earth. What is the OSIRIS-REx mission? What are its goals and what is that spinning behind you? Uh, right behind me is asteroid Bennu, a near-Earth object that is the target of the OSIRIS-REx asteroid sample return mission. So I mentioned that we were interested in these carbon-rich meteorites carbonaceous chondrites, uh, because they might hold clues to the origin of life. But it turns out the process of delivering a meteorite to the Earth introduces a lot of problems. First of all, it has to go through the atmosphere at high velocity, uh, and the outer surface of that is uh, seared at high temperatures. And then it lands on some location on Earth. Sometimes people pick it up relatively quickly after it lands. Sometimes it sits there for thousands of years before people collect it. Uh, in all cases, it gets contaminated very quickly by terrestrial microbes. So we realized that we need, if we really wanted to understand the organic material that led to the origin of life from asteroids, we needed to go to an asteroid and get that material off its surface and bring it back to the Earth. And the OSIRIS-REx mission is a NASA mission in the New Frontiers program to designed to do exactly that. We launched our spacecraft in 2016. We rendezvoused with our asteroid in December of 2018. We spent all of 2019 collecting the fantastic data that you see behind me here, mapping in some cases down to millimeters per pixel resolution. And we're getting ready in October of 2020 to send the spacecraft down to the surface of the asteroid to collect that material. What, pro uh, what process will the, the spacecraft follow to obtain the new uh, Bennu samples and how will they be delivered to us here on Earth? Yeah, we have a device on the spacecraft called the TAGSAM, the Touch and Go Sample Acquisition Mechanism. And it turns out it's really difficult to land on a small asteroid. So Bennu is a near-Earth object. It comes very close to the Earth regularly. 
making it a potentially hazardous asteroid, which is another part of our science investigation. But it's only about 500 meters in diameter. So its gravity field is measured in micro G's. Uh, the acceleration varies between two and eight micro G's, depending on if you're at the pole or at the equator, with very low accelerations at the equator because the centripetal force of its rotation actually counteracts the force of gravity on the surface of the asteroid. So TAGSAM, I like to call it a space vacuum cleaner. Uh, it's basically at about three meter long robotic arm. At the end of that arm is a 30 centimeter diameter air filter that would actually look right at home on the carburetor of a 57 Chevy and the technology is about the same. Basically you blow air through it, that air has some dust inside of it and that dust and gravel gets captured inside that filter. Now, a vacuum cleaner requires an atmosphere to work on the surface of the earth. It actually creates a low pressure area inside the cleaner and it sucks air and dirt into your filter. Uh, but there's no air on Bennu, it's an airless body because it's, its gravity field is too weak to hold an atmosphere. So we bring our own air. TAGSAM has three bottles of gas, mostly nitrogen with a little bit of helium uh, for leak testing during development. And as soon as we place that filter down on the surface of the asteroid, we open up one of those gas bottles we blow all this nitrogen gas into the soil of the asteroid. It expands up and outward and gets collected in that filter. What science or technology hurdles did we have to overcome to, to make this dream a reality? Yeah, one of the biggest challenges of operating around Bennu is the microgravity environment because you're trying to do precision flying with a spacecraft that's hundreds of millions of kilometers away from the Earth. And because you're in such a low gravity field, other forces like the radiation pressure of sunlight, thermal heat coming off the spacecraft or from the asteroid, or any small outgassing like ice trapped in the dark corners of the spacecraft substantially alter the trajectory that the, that uh, vehicle is going to fly on. And we have very precise targeting requirements. I mentioned we've gotten images with pixel scales of millimeters uh, per pixel. And any kind of motion would blur that and you would lose the resolution of what you're trying to understand on the asteroid surface. So we spend an enormous amount of effort with a huge team of very smart people who model all of those forces on the spacecraft, predict very precisely where the spacecraft's going to be relative to the asteroid surface and plan all the sequences for collecting our data. And then we've been phenomenally successful. The data set already from this mission is unbelievable and will be used for generations to understand the nature of asteroid surfaces. Where could we, where could we go to, to follow the mission's progress and maybe find some of the data that you've already collected? Yeah, we have a lot of images and great infographics on our website, asteroidmission.org. We're also active on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram. You can follow OSIRIS-REx on all those social media channel, uh, channels. And we invite the public to join us on this amazing journey which culminates in October when we send that spacecraft down to get that precious material. Dr. Dante Loretta, Professor of Planetary Science in the Lunar and Planetary Laboratory at the University of Arizona and Principal Investigator for the NASA OSIRIS-REx Asteroid Sample Return Mission. Thanks for joining us, uh, Dante. If somebody wants to connect with you, what's the best way they can do that? Uh, I'm on Twitter. DS Loretta is my handle, so you can uh, get on there, follow me, and uh, shoot me a, a tweet, and I'll, I'll be happy to get in touch. We'll do that. And find more of my interviews right here or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.